This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program. I'm here. Jim's here. Jim's uh, getting tomorrow off. I am? Abandoning me. uh, Taking an extra day for the holidays. Uh, I'm I'm really big on the holidays. Company so I need issue. this extra time. You you do love you do love the holidays. I love holidays. The holidays, like yeah. this whole thing. You're a big fan of. I know this week leading you. up to the holidays. I'm more than happy to work because there's nothing out there for me. Nothing. What does that mean? The malls, the shopping, the busyness, the roads. Oh yeah. You you know what you the candy canes. But once it arrives, once it's here. I'm all about that. One thing Jim Toth, and I'm just going to let the listeners know what he loves almost more than anything is being stuck in gridlock traffic in a parking lot, a very busy parking lot. Sure. I uh, once, a couple of years ago, left it to like the 23rd or 24th, and I'm not kidding you, at Polo, um, it took me 28 minutes to get in, mm-hmm. to park, and on the way out it took me 43 minutes. That's not frustrating To get at all. out of the parking lot. That's, like in the vehicle, backed out, and then get in line, and then just, yeah, that's that's like the blood's boiling. Like my face is about red at that point. I'm just trying to calm myself down. That's the need for Festivus, where I go. There's got to be a better way. Pre-game at four, puck drop at six o'clock, uh, right here on 680 CJOB, where you hear the Winnipeg Jets take on the Boston Bruins. And to talk all about it, I'm bringing Steve Conroy on the show. He's a Bruins reporter with the Boston Herald. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. You ready for the holidays, Steve? Uh, almost, almost. <laughs> we're, we're getting so we're, we're not getting minus thirty like you guys have right now, but we're gonna we're getting a uh, a pretty heavy uh, windstorm and rainstorm over the next uh, forty eight hours or so. So it's uh, it's just throwing a, a monkey wrench into the, the proceedings. Okay, well, you guys will get through it. I know you're tough. You guys don't even have Boxing Day there, do you? You have the, you have, is it, uh, we call it St. Stephen today here. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's not bad. Well, at least there's a game tonight. That's great. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Steve, I was going through the stats for the Boston Bruins today, and I knew they were a good team. But as I got deeper and deeper into it, I was astounded uh, how dominant this t- how dominant this team has been this season, and then even more so at home. So I get my first question to you is, is, does this team right now have something you can underline and say, this is a weakness right now for the Boston Bruins? Something the Winnipeg Jets can exploit, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. This homestand, they, they keep racking up the wins, but they haven't really been, you know, all that impressive. You know, the, the first handful of shifts, they've kind of meandered into the game. Um, They've needed a couple of good saves. Next thing you know, they get the first power play, they get the first goal, and they, it looks like they're on their way. Then they let the team back in, and you know they're they're winning these games, which I guess says something positive about them that they don't have to bust their hump every game to get the two points. But they haven't been as crisp as they were earlier this season. And speaking of earlier this season, uh, let's I know it's only just over a quarter way of the season, Steve, but let's talk about the distance traveled with this Bruins team from the start of the regular season with the injuries and how we thought so many of the big names wouldn't be around for a while. They come back early, and, and just this train keeps rolling under Jim Montgomery. What's What have you made of this distance traveled to see them be 17-0-2 at home and 8-4 and on the road and, and a plus 54 in the goal differential? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. 
know, everybody goes through injuries, and the Bruins had their injuries at the start of the season. But they were prepared for those injuries. They knew for months that they weren't going to have McAvoy or Marchand or, or Matt Grizzlick to start the season. So they knew they had, they had to be ready for the first puck drop in October. And frankly, I don't think many teams are that, that ready. And they were, you know, they played really well for the first month of the season. And, and they've obviously played well, you know, for the whole season right now. But they were ready. Uh, for for the adversity that they were going to face, and they were able to win those games because everybody kind of pulled up the most bootstraps and and they were ready to play. Um, in, they've gotten they've gotten so much depth right now. I mean, they're they're playing Taylor Hall primarily on the third line, and he's having a terrific season. And and Pasternak is you know he's leading the way. But after passing that, they've got, I think, a half dozen guys between 23 and 26 points. So it's, it, it's something special right now. You know, all that scoring you just mentioned there, uh, plus Connor Hellebuck's biggest competition so far uh, for the Vesna, mm-hmm. uh, Linus Allmark. Uh, he's just been absolutely rock solid there. 1.89 goals against average, save percentage, 9.37 here. I mean, he had a good season last year. But did, did you see a performance like this coming? No, I don't think anybody really did. Um, everybody assumed it would be kind of a 1A, 1B situation with Jeremy Swayman, and he's kind of you know run with the job because Swayman got hurt and he missed three weeks, so that you know kind of forced him to, to be the guy. He got, uh, Swayman got hurt, uh, I think it was November 1st, and up until then they've been, they'd been you know, somewhat alternating, but Almack got more of the starts. But, mm-hmm. but it, uh, I mean, right now it's it's kind of a a starter backup type of type of situation. Um, but no, he's been terrific. And you know, I'll tell you, you know that that game against um, the, the Panthers on Monday. You know, you look at the game and it says it's seven to three at the end, and you don't think, oh, oh well, the goalie played a big part in that. You know, he didn't have his his best game of the year. But in the third period, the first you know seven or eight minutes, when uh, Florida had cut it, cut a four nothing lead to four to three, he was phenomenal. He made so he made a handful of of grade A saves, and that's that's what this team uh, requires right now. Who stood out for you, Steve? I mean, the the usual suspects are there, and and uh, you know, I think from afar we all know Pasternak, Hall, Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci's back, and, and and I enjoy watching him play again. Is Hampus Lindholm one of the surprises this year with the success for this team? Well, I don't think he he's been a huge surprise because they when they got him they knew he was going to be you know, uh, make, make, you know quite. Quite frankly, he's like a second number one defenseman, and yeah. he's been terrific. Uh, no, no question about that. The guy who was really, you know, flown under the radar was was Pavel Zaka. Hmm. Um, Jim Montgomery has used him, you know, as a centerman. He's used him as a left wing, as a right wing. He's used him, you know, uh, on the on the first line, second line, third line. Uh, in you know, he's not the he's not the most gifted goal scorer, but he wins battles. He wins races. He makes smart plays, and he's he's contributed to a lot of wins this year. I was looking at uh, the Bruins on, on on cap friendly here. They got five guys in their forward group that are not UFAs next year. Of course, Patrice Bergeron, uh, David Pasternak. You know the guys you can really underline there and say these are the guys that um, 
you know, that, of course, the Boston Bruins uh, would, would like to come back. I mean, if Patrice Bergeron continues to play like this, I don't know why another one-year deal isn't in his future here. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, how does the rest of this year going to pan out, and, and how is it going to affect next year? Because this is... This is a real interesting year for the Boston Bruins. Everybody was saying, oh, you know, they're getting a little old. They're going to start slowing down here. But I, I was always under the impression that, listen, they got veterans. These guys know how to play. They know how to go out and win. And it, just like you mentioned here earlier, Steve, I mean, Jim Jim, uh, Jim's, Jim Montgomery here, he's got these guys rolling. And he's got them right in the right headspace. And things are really working for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knows they've got the, they've got the big contract coming out with David Pasternak. Yeah. You know, it's people are pretty uneasy that he's not been locked up yet, and I can understand why. Um, but another one is Connor Clifton. When um, McAvoy was out, he he bumped up to play with uh, Hampus Lindholm, and he was he was terrific. And he's one of the reasons they helped. You know, they they were able to get that to get through that period without McAvoy. And he's on at the end of his contract. And he's making uh, one million dollars. He's but this is the third year of a uh, of a three year deal uh, where he made one million dollars. He's going to get a race, um, a pretty good one, I would think. Um, so they've got so they've got some issues going forward, but it's pretty the the focus with this team right now is this year because it's mm. it's there's been kind of a mantra of you know one last run here. Whether Bergeron decides to come back next year, or whether Crenshaw decides to come back or not, it, the focus is on this year. It's funny, Jim. I, I was thinking about this matchup and looking at the injuries for the Jets and checking out the Bruins roster, and then it dawned on me that Jim Montgomery was in the running for this Winnipeg Jets coaching job this off season. Um, nobody was uh, thinking about Rick Bonus, and then now these two teams uh, have these two coaches that are doing magnificent jobs for both organizations, and they meet tonight. Is that a storyline going into tonight at all? Uh, it, I mean, whether you know whether who who you know who landed where, um, I, I guess you can make it a storyline. But they are both of them are doing fantastic work. I yeah. don't think anybody expected the the Jets to be this this good uh, this year, um, and they've had some. You know, they've dealt with some injuries too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Montgomery has. Yeah, Montgomery has you know really kind of energized this team offensively. Um, he's he's. You know, got the got the D men jumping up, and he has the D men who can jump up, um, and it's it's led to you know more offense than the uh, the Bruins have have been used to seeing. Yeah, and that's interesting because that's why I brought it up because yeah. that's how Rick Bonus is coaching this team too. He said he wanted forty goals off the blue line, and he wanted sixty uh, some points. Boston scoring on the blue line. Boston's man, doing time. the same thing. It's interesting where the coaches landed, and then both coaches have a similar system and are finding similar success. Yeah, and of it's course, funny, work together I mean, in Dallas too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when Bruce Cassidy took over for um, from Claude Julian, he added a little more, more offense, a little little more daring due to the game a little bit. And uh, Jim Montgomery has basically taken the same system, but continued to add offense, continue to you know have you know activate the defensemen, and you know sometimes it's been a little bit of an adjustment. It was funny he he mentioned Charlie McAvoy the other day. He said there was a puck, you know, right around, right around the the dot and uh, or just below the dot, and he went for it. And then he said it was almost like a shock collar went off, and he, <laughs> and he had to go back. And he wants he wants those guys to go after those pucks. 
Absolutely. Uh, Steve Conroy, Blues, uh, Bruins reporter with the Boston Herald, joining us. Steve, uh, appreciate it. Enjoy the game uh, tonight. Pre-game show starts at 4, puck drop at 6 uh, here on 680 CGOB. The Winnipeg Jets against the Boston Bruins. And, hey, enjoy the Winter Classic, too. Second time at Fenway. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Oh, we got about 45 seconds here, Jim. Uh, New York Jets, Jacksonville Jaguars, big slugfest tonight. A couple of mammoths of the National Football League going head-to-head. Zach Wilson. Zach Attack. The Zach Attack. What do you think about Zach Wilson, Jim? I was very high on Zach Wilson coming out of college at BYU. I loved everything about him. Um, He's a nightmare. He's, I, he's, he's, I don't think he takes the game very serious. I don't think nope. he uh, – we all know the off-field stuff, that he's more concerned about social media and all that kind of things. He has the talent. Like I said, when the when the draft was done, I watched a lot of his film, and I'm like, man, that's a – I was hoping he'd follow the Bears, but now I'm, I'm happy they got Justin Fields. But, yeah, so I just – I think the talent's there, but I – as often happens when they make the show, they, they they get paid so much money up front, those first-round picks. The offense let down the defense? No. No. Absolutely not. Just went out there. It was windy. It was a 17-mile-per-hour wind, Jim. I can't, I can't expect a guy to go out there and throw the ball. We'll be right back. More Jets at noon. show after, there. After this, hey, who's starting in net for the Jets? Tell you right away. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, that was a real, it was like the head was all the way. It was like, there's a guy, there's a guy that has the enthusiasm. Like he wants to sort of sweep up at Skadge Pizza in Dryden, Ontario. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I unfortunately had to listen to you guys banter on my way in yesterday. Oh, wow. You're in the media. You should think outside the box, have these opportunities that we're presenting to you like we are. So media during the day, which we love. And then weekend. the fire right now. (laughs) Sketch Pizza, Sarah McCarthy, um, and Jim and myself opening up a place, a pizza place in Dryden, Ontario. I want it to be an ultra lounge style, three floor, like real party atmosphere, like something that really I think would fit into the Dryden demographic. Um, Jim thinks it should just be basically a hole in the wall dump, you know, a place you come in, the place is just dirty, that sort of place. Not that they're dumps, but just an Atco trailer. Your overhead expenses already out of the gate are ridiculous. Just get an Atco what? trailer with a ramp up the back. See, you, see, Skyler bringing in pies and product and taking it back. I, uh, and, you know, there Jim, is you're a not looking of- at the vision here. You I mean all you're seeing is dollars and cents, but you're not seeing where it can take us. I want it to take us. I just want to arrive where we're going to go on the trip to first. Okay. Well, I'm going down to Los Angeles. We'll find out. I'm going to talk to some investors. Anybody who knows me uh, knows that there is a history of darn good pizza in my family. So. Uh, yeah, the pizza place. Is I don't really know you at well, all. Just plug I didn't it. Know this. Just go ahead and plug it. Yeah, it's the which... best pizza in Brandon, Manitoba. If you're not going to pizza place for your pie, folks, you did something wrong. Mm. Twenty one forty Curry Boulevard. Saw oh, that. Man. Saw that coming. We're gonna have to get somebody in that news booth to help you pick up all the names you're dropping. Thanks, Pistol. Pistol dropping the. Is that a family pizzeria out in Brandon? Yeah, that's a family owns it. Yeah, it's Mrs. Owns. Peters, can you text the show at seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight? Mrs. Peters sometimes texts the show when we talk yes. about Skyler. So if you can text us and tell us the connection to this pizza place that we just promoted, I'd like to know. Two thank f- you. Two hello to you, and thank you for all the great work on the front lines. That's fantastic. And healthcare. You know, yeah. To, and next time you're sending your son over here, you know, help us out. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Text the show. Uh, pre-game starts at 4 o'clock. Puck drop at 6. 
Uh, Winnipeg Jets coming up against the Boston Bruins. Uh, starting lineup uh, tonight, uh, looking at the pregame skate, the morning skate. Cole Perfetti, Mark Scheifele, uh, Kuhlman on the top line. Uh, second line, Kyle Connor, Dubois, and Gagne. Then Baron, Lowry, Harkins. Those guys have been stuck together. Uh, Gustafsson, Stenlin, Janssen, Fialbi on the Swedes, uh, the Swedish line. A um, little bit of a mix-up here um, on the defense. Morrissey and DeMello sticking together. Uh, Vili Hainala has been moved to play with uh, Brendan Dillon. And then uh, Dylan Sandberg uh, with Pionk, the the Hermanville, uh, Duluth suburb uh, uh, guys there are uh, going to be paired up as well. And then Connor Hellebuck uh, back from his non-COVID-related illness. He's going to be starting tonight uh, between the pipes. Um, we'll get to the defense pairings there just to, just in a second, but just wanted to also add this. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers and Saku Menelainen, both skating with the team, uh, good sign. Uh, but uh, Rick Bonus, I mean, these guys are still weeks away, so it's a good sign. That's good. They're skating with the team. This is all this, but this is going to be taken real, real slow, uh, particularly with sports hurting and stuff like that. But uh, defensive pairings: uh, Brandon Dillon, Ville Hainala, um, Dylan Sandberg, and Pionk. Hainala, game one. What'd you think, Jim Toast? Well, I I don't want to be harsh on him, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't NHL good. I think he looked tentative. And I think he turned the wrong way a couple times because yeah. of it. And um, just like, I, I, and I don't think that's unexpected. I, I just think he needs to play a couple games in a row, relax and play his game. And mm-hmm. I, I think he just was. Now, the other thing I will say is I wasn't judging that game at all because he hasn't played in a month. Like he's yeah. missed a lot of time with he illness. Sick with the moose, yeah. He hadn't played with the moose and stuff. So he looked like a guy, A, that was really tentative, and then B, a guy that hadn't played in over a month. And that's a tough situation for any player. So, uh, again, I with the softest gloves possible, I was not impressed. Um, yeah. But I, I understand the reasoning for it. So to me, this is, you know, Boston, Washington. He might not play in Washington. They might give Capabianco yeah. a look. Um, but then they come into the break on the 27th and play Minnesota, Vancouver at home. Then they go to Edmonton. I, I think that in the next five games, he'll get four of them. And, and then, you know, he'll have five games under his belt and we'll see where we're at. Yeah, Hainala, I, the, the one thing that I was really looking to see from him was when the second unit power play come on and, and you saw Hainala come over the boards. And I'm like, OK. He's going to have a little bit more space and understanding he's been sick, getting in there and stuff like that has not had a lot of NHL games under his belt so far this season. Um, and, you know, he, he, he let slide on the blue line and he turned the puck over a couple times. So I think that that's something he definitely has to work on. Um, and that's where he's going to kind of have to excel. But but at the same time, Jim, how many games do we think that we need that that Ville Hainala is going to need to have before we can start saying, all right, these are the things that we can really sort of start to say, okay, this is concrete Villa Hainala. You know, what's he going to be in the National Hockey League? Or when he goes back down to the A, which he will at some point this season, what are the things he needs to work on? I, I just think this is the stretch. Like I, yeah. I think with Logan Stanley and Nate Schmidt being out at least four to six weeks, I think that over the next month, like the next three weeks, he's going to get seven or eight games in. And, yeah. and once he's got 10 or 12 games in, and like you said, he is going to go back, and then that's when you sit down. Like the ideal situation for, for Hanel, in my opinion, is play these games, say it's, I don't know, eight, say it's 12, say it's 13 games. Yeah. And when he goes back, that they go, you know what, just keep working on this stuff because it's coming and it looks good or you're at this point. I, I think what would be uh, detrimental is if they're like, hey, Billy, 
um, we need you to, to get better at these things. We need you to do this and we need you to do that. And you need to not work on this stuff, but get better at it. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's kind of the evaluation of it. But look, I, I get it. Like it's, it's, there's so much focus on him. And, and to be honest with you, I think the situation that he has helped self create and, and some of the situation he has in is, is why he played the way he did. Like yeah. he looked tentative. He looked like he didn't want to make a mistake. And that's the last thing you want a prospect to do. Yeah. But when you vocalize the fact that you're ready, you better be ready. You to better go. be ready. And, yeah. and then that's what happens. And it's, it's not, no one in this organization is sitting there watching that game and going, I told you so. No one will evaluate the next eight to 10 to 12 games that he's going to play in and go, Billy, this is why we don't think you're ready and blah, blah, blah. They want him to be ready. They want him to develop. They want him to get there. But what they will say is, you know, these are the things you need to work on. And again, I just think the situation he's created for him declaring himself ready for the NHL, for when Scott Billick asked him about getting his first game in this year, and he goes, finally, I just, you know, you'll get there. And I understand, like, I, I can't imagine being in his situation and wanting it so bad, your dream coming true, you feel you're mm -hmm. ready. Everybody in, in the outer world of the Jets telling you you got to be like ready. Jansen Harkins. That's how you have yeah. to handle it. Well, that's what could happen. He could come in and play some games, and Jansen Harkins thought he was going to make this team out of camp. Like, you you have to stop, in my opinion, and I get it, it's really hard. I'm not in that situation and never have been. But from covering it for so many years, you have to understand it's work day in, day out. And, and if it doesn't pan out the way you feel it should be, then there's more work involved. But just have your blinders on to getting better each and every day and don't let the outside world tell you that you should be there. You shouldn't have been there. You should. Don't let your agent go, you know, hey, you got a contract after next year and you've got zero resume right now and blah, blah, blah. You just got to focus on getting better. At some point, you have to. And I'm not saying he's not. I don't, I've never talked to him. Yeah, and another vibe. But at some point, you have to also accept where you are at the moment. That's a very important realization for, I, th I think, somebody in any profession. I'm not just talking about professional hockey. I think even in, in our profession or, you know, if you're, if you're listening, you know, likely your profession as well. Eventually, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to say, this is where I am at. This is where I need to go. And if you're going to be watching video or you're going to be listening back to tape or, or whatever it is, you know, you can't just be thinking like, oh, I, you know, I was fantastic on that game. I don't know why the, the you know, we were talking about <laughs> we are talking about Zach Wilson in the last break. I mean, quarterback for the New York Jets goes out there, throws for like, what, 19 yards, you know, misses 90% of his passes. It wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating here. But then he goes and says, and somebody asked him, you think the defense let you let him down? Or you let down the defense as an offense? And he said, no. That's 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 a clear indication that that's somebody that is not able to do that in that introspection and stuff like that. Yeah, and, it, and I don't know Vili Hanela personally and stuff like that, and I and I and I don't think he might not be like that whatsoever. But when you come out and you say finally, and when you're you got the agent going out there and and, and saying certain things, he's and NHL ready. He's NHL ready, and 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 all that sort of thing. And you got to be ready to hit the ice, and you're gonna you're gonna put a bigger microscope on yourself. The binoculars are going to be locked on you and everybody's going to be watching. All right, let's see what you got. Let's Here's see what you got. Here's the thing about NHL ready. Are you, is he capable to play in the NHL in one of the 32 teams? Of course. Yeah. There's probably five or six he would be playing yeah. in the NHL. NHL ready isn't Winnipeg Jets ready. 
And what Winnipeg Jets ready is, are you better than Josh Morrissey or Neil Pionk who are on the power play? Because that's what your job's going to be. Yeah. You're not. So then it becomes, and don't give me the whole, like, he's better than Logan Stanley. No, he's not. He's because not. Because Logan Stanley's not on the power play. He's not a puck-moving defenseman. It's not his job. Same as Bre- Brendan Dillon. Can they do it? Yes. But that's not what they're asked to do. What he's asked Dylan to DeMello's do... Dylan DeMello's not out there to do sweet dangles, but that doesn't stop him from doing it every now and then. <laughs> it's just, just silky smooth hands. <laughs> and a force in front of the net. Big time. But all, you know, and I don't, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to, like, I, I haven't talked to him. So if I had conversations with him, like, I can talk about Vander Kane because I've had conversations yeah, with yeah. him and, and, and sort of get what he represents and some of the core of this team I, I spent a couple seasons in the room with and I haven't for many years now. But, but like, Sam Gagne is a first-round pick, six overall. You think Sam Gagne was drafted six overall to put up 320, uh, 516 points in 996 games and only have 190 goals? No. No. He was drafted sixth overall to be an offensive dynamo. But that's my point here is like you're in an organization and you have a job that they would like you to do based on your skill set. And that job isn't available right now. It will be when you eventually, either contract-wise or when you become good enough to take it over. Yeah. And I used to say that about Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine will be the number one right winger on this team when he's the best right winger on this team. And the day he was traded, he still was not a better all-round player than Blake Wheeler. But he wanted to be the number one right winger. And I just have a problem with that. And yeah. I understand, like I say, coming from athletes, you have to believe that you are. You do in yeah. your mind. But yeah. you also have to have a sense of where you are, what's asked of you. And it's not always fair. Mm-hmm. It's not always fair that you're not getting this power play time and stuff because a vet's here and he's making more money than you. So just keep working. That's and I'm business. not saying Billy's not, but so that's my perspective on Billy right now. I'm I'm ecstatic, uh, unfortunately, through other players' injuries, that he's going to get 10 or 12 games over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to see where he's at. Yeah. And, and and we'll go from there. So that's my assessment on, on him. And I'm not going to harp on that game going back to the start of this mm-hmm. conversation because he hasn't played in a month yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, look, Cam, when, when his agent said those things, I went to a moose game. And other than in the offensive zone, he looked very disinterested. Yeah. And it was days after his agent said he's NHL ready and blah, 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 blah. And if your agent's saying something, that's you saying it. Yeah. You're not getting on the phone going, what, do you, what did you just say? Where did that come from? You're not doing that because you've no. had these conversations. So it's fine, in my opinion. It's nothing to get excited about or, or go, he's got to be dealt or anything like that. I just think the whole world needs to slow down for him. And, mm-hmm. and just sort of focus on relaxing, doing what you do. Like, I want him to get back to when he first got in the NHL against Pittsburgh and points aside and everything else in just 13, 14 minutes a night, yep. solid, good hockey, and move on from there and get better in the next game and the next game. Well, that's and that, what, that's what Rick Bonus has said to him. He just wants him to go out there and be conf- have some confidence in himself and go out there and play the, game, the style of game that he needs to play and the team needs him to play. And it's as simple as that. And that's how he's going to find his role. And I, man, I hope, I hope in midway through January, Jim, I'm sitting here talking to him and say, man, Ville Hainel had a fantastic yeah. game. He put up a pair of points. And even if a game he didn't, 
And he was out there, man. He made a great che- he made a great back check. He took the puck away. Had a great stick there. Draw, uh, you know, shut that play down. That's what I want to be talking yeah. about because it's not the offense. We know that he has it, right? We know that he has the offense, right? This texture says maybe Ville Hainala is another Sammy Niku Texas Show two hundred four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. But we know he's got the offensive style, but he's got to round it off because man, if you're gonna have a guy on the blue line that's just not gonna have also a commitment to defense. Man, you're we gonna, don't have time. Like, for this, I mean, I mean, Eric Carlson, like, yeah. man, the guy's a forward that plays on the blue line. He was terrible defensively. He stinks. Yeah, um, I, we don't have time for this. He doesn't. There was su- a great- I just he doesn't suck. Eric Carlson is a, is a great talent, but like in but terms of defensive it, play, he's just that's. I mean, it's 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 always been secondary to him. It and took it's always five been or like six that. seasons yeah. for Eric Carlson to become a good defenseman. Yeah, and and he's a defenseman. Uh, we don't have time for this, but great conversation with Craig Button last night on the World Junior uh, pre-tournament game with yeah. Canada Slovakia, talking about defensemen and how the shift is going from smaller, quick defensemen to bigger ones, mm-hmm. and then overall players in general, like the whole idea that small players couldn't play. That's not going by the wayside, but with development and skill being at what it is, um, their point was is now the big defensemen are just as skilled as the smaller ones, and if you have a choice, you're going to take the more size one. So it was just a great discussion of development and all around it. And I, I was thinking of Billy Hayden that you know you got to become a good defenseman here in the next little while because that's that's going to be what's going to get you in the show. Pre-game four o'clock puck drop at six o'clock right here, Boston Bruins. Uh, you know, yesterday we teased a little segment that we wanted to talk about. The Edmonton Oilers, Jim found a fantastic tweet in regards to Ken Holland. Um, we'll uh, talk about that after this. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, two minutes here. Confirmation uh, from Mrs. Peters and Brandon. Yeah. It is a family pizza place. Yeah. So I think Skyler's scoping our Scarge pizza and just like... Is he trying to work the inside? Yeah, he's trying to like, okay, this is what we're going up against in wow. Dryden if we ever decide to expand. But mm. great pizza pot. The, the Peters have to be the hardest working family in Manitoba. They just, you know what? They're just grinders. The whole family yeah. are just out there grinding all the time. Uh, welcome to the program. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth here. Boston Bruins, uh, Winnipeg Jets, pregame show, 4 o'clock puck drop at 6 um, what do you think oh, happens tonight? Oh, God. Um, if the Jets can get a point here, I think you can be real, real happy. I was looking at these stats, and you know we had um, on earlier in the show, and if you want to listen back to it, make sure you tune in. Go check out the podcast. If you missed it on Jets at Noon, you can find it on Apple. You can find it um, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, just uh, look for Jets at Noon. Uh, Steve Conroy was with us here, and he was kind of downplaying how the Boston Bruins – have been, but man, these guys, they can score. Their power plays top in the league, or top three. Their penalty kill, um, third third in the league here. I mean, these guys pretty much, from what I looked at statistically, have it everything. Have pretty much everything here. So the Jets are going to be in tough injuries, schedule, all that short, sort of thing. If they can take it to overtime, I, I, I think you can be happy. Yeah, look, the the thing about but the But then Bruins, if they lose in overtime, I'll be ticked off. There's so many things about the Bruins to be frightful of, but just what Steve Conner was talk, talking to us about is the fact that they haven't played well in the last couple of games out of the gate, mm. and they're still winning. Yeah, Like, they still get a power play, and then they get a goal, and then they find their, their skates. Look, the, the Jets are depleted. I just, I'm not calling it. But I just have it's a weird feeling about given the the parameters of how Boston should probably win this game six one. I just think the Jets hang in there for some reason. Eighteen zero and one when they score first, the Boston Bruins. Jim, that that quickly that uh, 
twi- that tweet. Oh, I'm Ken sorry, Holland. Ken Holland. Yeah, we only got 30 seconds. Should we save this? Should I should I save it for tomorrow? Well, here, You're Ken off. Holland protected Zach Cassian in the expansion draft, then paid to move him in a deal a year later. Ken Holland made Darnell Nurse the seventh highest paid defenseman, giving him over nine million a year. Ken Holland gave a backup five million times five. And then he drafted Broberg, the defenseman, over Trevor Zegras, Matt Boddy, and Cole Caulfield. That's why the Oilers are where they are. That's His it. run isn't gone as well as in Detroit. <laughs> no, certainly not. Jim Toth will take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Jeffrey Forche, Forcellato. Forts is back. Producing the show. Hey, give me the fawns. Um, through the monitor there. That's it for me. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm running the show. I'm going to be running solo here. I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.